0: listening to An Open Dialogue. I'm
1: Violet Howe. And I'm Todger Candle. And uh, you know, one of the things I love about our podcast is that we have a lot of things in common. We do. one of the things, yes, is that we were both mostly raised in small towns. Yes. And then we also have some things that are different about us. And this is also a thing too, because your small town, uh, your primary one was in the great state of Mississippi. Yes. And my primary small town was in the garden state of New Jersey. And most, most people are very were, different yes, states. Most people <laughs> and, and I actually <laughs> thought that this is going to be a This is going to have to actually branch into a whole new podcast topic that we talk about the difference between the north and the south as two okay. people. And we've already had that. We've, we've yes. had those experiences. But today we're actually talking about life in small towns, what it's like to live in a small town, the charm the pitfalls, the good things, the bad things, the seedy underbellies. Um, And this is especially appropriate because you just spent some time not in a small town, but in the big town, the ultimate big town. The big city, the big like city. The, the, city big apple. C-
0: the city so big that when you're in the state of New York, they just call it the city. The like city. it's not even, there, right. there's not even a name given to You, you don't say Manhattan, you no. don't say New York City. You just say the city. We went the into city. the city for yes. the day. And if yes. you say that to anyone there, like, oh, we're going into the city, they don't go, oh, which city? No, yeah. they know. It's well, the interestingly, city.
1: interestingly, uh, having grown up in New Jersey, uh, in our part of New Jersey, because I lived in South Jersey, and there is a huge difference between South Central and North Jersey, but primarily between North and South Jersey. When I said, I'm going to the city, which I did frequently, we meant Philadelphia, because that's our city.
0: Right, but once right. you
1: hit Trenton and go up, and you say, I'm going to the city, you mean New York. So, yeah. yes, it's it's, it's yeah. one of those things. But, yes, the the city. So uh, what did you think? Did you think to yourself, hey, if I could make it here, I'd make it <laughs> anywhere? <laughs> did you? I have a mental image of you in, in like a, uh, I know that, that it was, her city was not that, but like a that girl kind of montage. Yeah. You know, I yeah. know hers was <laughs> Minneapolis, but yours, you know.
0: Could well, it be. wasn't the first time oh, I'd been in the city, um, and I and I've been in other big cities. I think that I kind of had the same thought in all of them that mm-hmm. this would be great for a little while. Right. Like I, it my and I actually had that conversation with one of my sons while we were there. That this, I would love to do this for a little while. I think it would be very cool to not have to drive a car anywhere. I think it would be very cool to. Be able to order takeout from anywhere <laughs> and have right. it delivered. Um, I think being able to get to, you know, plays and concerts and festivals and stores and restaurants and all of that just by walking would be cool. I love yes. the, like, the little city parks and city squares and and the way that they incorporate nature or the way that they try to bring um, some sense of calm and nature and green into the city. Um, so, I think I would like that environment for a little bit, but I don't think I could live there for, like, a long period of time. We were standing at the top of the Empire State Building and just listening to the city, and there's, like, this collective roar yeah. from all the machinery and all the vehicles and all the people, and, all, I mean, there's just this collective roar that's ever-present in the city, and I think I would miss the quiet of a small town.
1: Uh, there, There is definitely um, something to be said for that, and I think... Um, and we, we've kind of alluded before to the fact that you, uh, your small town, uh, another way that ours were different, was that your small town was kind of far away from anything that yes. you would call a big city. Yes. Okay. Whereas I did not, I had the advantage of of living in a small town and it was very very small and yet having access easy access to to two big cities actually more than that because we lived in in an area where we could easily get to New York Philadelphia was 20 minutes Baltimore was you know an hour DC was not was was also a day trip so we had all all you know that you would go to plays and, and the ballet and so forth so we had of the best of both worlds
0: i think that would be definitely the best of both worlds yeah. because then you've got all the advantages of being in a small town but you have the conveniences of a, of a, city, of a city in yep. a comfortable drive you know that's my exactly. husband was raised a half hour north of um the city in new york so he was in rockland county and um mm-hmm. it's a very comfortable very scenic very traffic heavy <laughs> drive <laughs> you know to get into the city and to get back out of the city and um and I think that I think that would be great. Now, that being said, when we go up there, like all of his friends and all of his family, if I mention that we're going into the city, For the most part, they're like, Oh God, why? Like exactly. (laughs) They don't go. I completely understand. (laughs) They don't go. Or if I ask, like, hey, you know, do you have any is there a restaurant we absolutely should do? Is there a certain shop? And they're like, We we don't go. We don't go. We have no idea. We would never go in there to eat. Like Yeah. So yeah, I I find that interesting. Like someone who came from a small town who, you know, would have to drive forty five minutes to an hour to get to a mall. Or right. forty-five minutes to an hour to get to, you know, any kind of concert. Uh, it was a half an hour to a movie theater, and that was like only two screens. Um, wow. At that time, it was a half an hour to a McDonald's. They've since <laughs> added a McDonald's <laughs> since <laughs> I left. Uh, McDonald's and a Subway, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So c- someone coming as someone from from who I I just feel like living next to the city, I'd be going all the time. It's interesting to me that they're like, oh no, no, but, no, no, yeah, they never it's, go.
1: It's different in Philadelphia, I think too, because we did go. I mean, we would go, uh, again, we were, uh, we had a, the public transportation system is pretty amazing um, that we could just, you would drive to the high speed line yeah. and leave your car there and it was very safe and you would just be in and we would go in. Um, Uh, to eat at the Italian market, to, we had restaurants where we would eat, uh, we would, uh, you know, see plays, see ballet, see concerts. That's just, you know, that that was what we did, and it was not that unusual. And most people would be able to tell you, um, you know, uh, where to go. And what was interesting uh, in in my small town, and I'll say that the name of the small town is Pittman, which is in Gloucester County, uh, southern New Jersey. For those of you who want to make a joke we were closest to exit two but we were actually (laughs) between exit two and exit three um uh, we were actually nowhere near the turnpike um but uh a lot of people had if they had not their families had actually lived in philadelphia and then moved out to new jersey so there's still that connection right there was still family there both of my grandfathers uh, were born in Philadelphia, so we had that connection. My husband's family, um, uh, his mother's side, that were th- who are Italian, they had been, uh, you know, born or at least lived for a time in Philadelphia. So there was there was that easy connection there, and it wasn't quite the, the like, oh, we would never go there. Now there there probably is that sense about New York in South Jersey that, oh, you know, yeah, we could get on the train and it's easy to get up there, but why would why we? would we yeah, right why would right we? unless there was something that was you know really making us want to go so right anyway so so small towns were were saying um you know what what would you say uh was the attraction uh or, or what what were the good things about living in a small town that you would say growing up there
0: well I think I think one is uh is a benefit and a detriment, and that is that you're connected to everybody. <laughs> you know, everybody knows everybody, everybody's connected in some way through marriage or family or neighbor, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's some connection. Oh, do you know yeah. this person? No, oh, yes, you do. That's so and so's daughter, or that's so and so's wife, right. or they taught at the school, or they, mm-hmm. you know, don't they work at the drugstore. Like, there's some connection to everyone and i think that that can be a great thing because you are part of a community and you are, are um you know part of something bigger and you know if you need help with your plumbing you probably know the plumber if you need yeah. you know something bulldozed in your yard you know someone that owns that <laughs> if you if you need a you know electrician like you probably know you know what i mean yeah. so like i think there's there's part of that being in a community and when you have a baby or there's a death in the family or something like that, the community rallies. Um, but, yeah, that can be a detriment, too, because then everybody knows your business everybody and knows. I everybody's should, up in it sometimes. I
1: should uh, ha- mention a caveat here is that both you one something you and I both do have in common is that while we identify these small towns as our hometowns, neither of us were raised exclusively. Right. in those small towns. Right. I was both an army brat and a Procter & Gamble brat so that means I spent the first part of my life living um, in a lot of different places and so did you. I know. Yeah so 16 schools in 12 years for right me. <laughs> yes exactly so, so. Um, that I think that makes a difference I think that gives us a little bit uh, I'm going to maybe tick some people off but a clearer view a more balanced view of the small town because we've actually been part of it, but we also have stepped out and even- Well, and I think,
0: I mean, for me, like uh, my, and since you named yours, I'll name mine. Mine's Monticello, Mississippi. It's in the the Southwest part of the state and um, kind of centrally located an almost equal distance from Jackson, from Hattiesburg, from Biloxi. I mean, there's a little bit of, of, Hattiesburg's a little bit closer, but anyway, um, those being the, the bigger cities within the state. But that was where my mother and my father were both from. And so no matter where we moved and no matter where we lived, that was kind of always the home base that we went back to to visit family or that we would move back to in between adventures, things like that. So that was always kind of the, the comeback home to Monticello. And I think that I look, I look at that benefit of being in a small town and being connected because I sort of had it but not really Um, you know when I came back home there were people who knew who I was but more often than not I had to explain like oh I'm Bobby Don's daughter or I'm Myrna's daughter or I'm Tom's granddaughter or I'm related to you know so I had to kind of explain my part so I didn't have that where Everybody knew who I was. I don't think that I had that collective like I'm part of this. I belong here. I sort right. of belonged there, and I think that was something that moving around so much and always being the new kid and always being kind of, you know, the outsider. I I looked at that through rose-colored glasses of wanting to belong. Like my mm-hmm. my college roommate, who was from a, an even smaller town close to my small town. She went through uh, kindergarten through twelfth grade with like the same 14 or 15 people. Mm-hmm. And they had I think one new kid came, you know, <laughs> in that whole time. And so when you go through something like that together, I mean, those people are family whether they're blood relatives or not. You know, you've been through life together and I think that that's a a bonding experience that I didn't have with anyone, you know, moving around so much. Right. Um, and I looked at that and kind of envied that, that there was, that that was a place where you belonged, that, you know, you were part of the community.
1: Yes, I would agree. I, um, I had been born, my father's in Vietnam when I was born, so I had been born um, s- nearby and then spent the first uh, six months or all three months, I guess, of my life at my grandmother's house in Pittman, and then uh, lived in Kentucky and then when my dad went back to Vietnam, we returned to Pittman. So I was there uh, again when I was, I guess, two to three. And then we left again and did not come back for a an extended time where I actually lived there until I was in fourth grade. Um, which, looking back now, I think, well, that wasn't that long. But when you're a child, that is an immense amount of time. Because yeah. I had lived in California, in Pennsylvania. And when I came back, I had not started kindergarten with these kids and I started school in fourth grade and these as you said it wasn't 14 or 15 kids it was more like 30 or maybe 50 but they had been together since they were in kindergarten right and uh, you were the outsider even though you were from there I was the outsider and nobody knew um, who I really was because um, you know we had it it just wasn't I'm trying to think if I had anybody in my class who really had had connections with with my family. I, I went to the same school that my dad had attended um but there was there was just not the the connection of um, a lot of my cousins and and what have you had lived uh, locally but not in the same town so they weren't going to school it wasn't like I could say oh I'm so-and-so's cousin or whatever right. nobody knew who I was. I was right. just this strange kid who came from California never wore jeans, because we didn't wear jeans in California (laughs) in the 70s, you know, it was a thing, and, um, and it was very, very, very hard to, um, to break into years of of friendship, I look back now again, and I say, really, fourth grade, but it was, it was, it was really difficult, and I always um, considered myself, even up until the time that I graduated, which was like eight years later, I still never felt like I was quite the same because I didn't have those those memories you know like I, I couldn't say oh yeah I, I remember when we started kindergarten what have right. you no, my, my sister did she started kindergarten and finished in the same the same town but um it, you know, it always I made you feel like a little bit of an outsider
0: yeah, yeah I have um I have friends that I'm I'm still in contact with you know from tha- from that town obviously but mm-hmm. like from Kindergarten or whatever and there were people who I was especially close to that I kept in touch with uh, Throughout the move and whenever I would come back and I did I started kindergarten with everybody I went to first grade with everybody Part of the second grade. I was there in Monticello and then we moved we came back I was there for third grade we moved I came back and was there for fifth sixth and most of seventh Which is the longest I'd ever gone to any school so for the majority of kindergarten through seventh grade I was with that core group yeah. of people and so I knew them very well and everybody knew who I was I moved away in seventh grade and didn't come back until I was in college you know I would come back right. for visits but I didn't come back to live there until I was in college and so you know, obviously, the difference in people's lives from seventh grade to college—they <laughs> had been through a lot of things they changed, that I had really, yeah, <laughs> that I had no part of. I right. wasn't part of their memories. I wasn't right. part of their, you know, high school experience. I wasn't part yeah. of, you know, everybody's romances and all that kind of stuff. You like I more missed like that a whole featured,
1: segment. A featured guest star, an occasional exactly. featured guest star, rather than the person who the the, uh, the regular cast who's there. right. right. I wasn't. Yeah. I
0: was. I didn't have a recurring. I mean, you I had a, had a recurring guest role. Recurring guest I wasn't a a series regular Um, and so there you know there are people that especially with with Facebook Facebook is incredibly helpful with that you're like oh oh my gosh look at that person you know now we keep in touch or we message each other but um, but yeah there was definitely that feeling like you said of kind of being a little bit of of an outsider of like okay I'm from here but I kind of don't belong here and I think too with moving around Um, When you go to live in different states and different places and different things, it kind of changes your views. It changes your taste. It it changes things, you know. Whereas that group of people were coming up experiencing trends and fads and music and movies and all those things together at the same time. But, you know, similar to you with the no jeans in California, when I moved in seventh grade um, to Florida, the clothes that I wore, um, that was probably the, the biggest bullying experience that I had was when I moved to Florida, and the clothes that I wore that were very popular at my school in Mississippi in seventh grade were not at all popular at my school in Florida. Um, and there was a one girl in particular who was just ruthless about my wardrobe, and it wasn't like my mother could afford to go and buy me all new clothes because we'd gone to a different school. Um, and. Um, so I did what any healthy, emotionally healthy person would do, and I put her in a book as a bully <laughs> so that she is now immortalized as a bully forevermore. So I did get my little revenge on her. But anyway, <laughs> not, that, not that I'm still bitter about it all these years later or anything, but, yeah, I put her in a book and did not change her name.
1: So there you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. It's it's, it's interesting because I'm going to be going – as another reason that this works out um, well to talk about this this week is that while you have just come from the big city uh, in the north I will be going to my hometown um, later this week for my father-in-law's funeral and um, this is the first well I have been up in South Jersey multiple times uh, just at least once a year ever since we left in in 2007 um, for whatever reason I have not been actually spent any time of, of note in my small town for probably the last three years or so. I think we stopped to eat there after we picked up Katie at one point, but, you know, not really to, to visit. So, not um, to spend any time right. and reconnect. And my father-in-law, who, who passed away after a long battle with Parkinson's and dementia, um, was actually a, a very big part of this town. And this town was... Um, really a huge part of his life. He was the captain of the football team, he married the the, uh, head cheerleader, he, um, you know, was a a councilman, he was involved in the fire department, he was like, he had his fingers in every little, you know, way he could in this town and he was very passionate about it and about its uh, um, continuation. He was a businessman there, and his family was actually—they uh, were among the founders of the town too. So, um, so it, it's going to be kind of an interesting, um, uh, kind of an interesting big deal. Let's just say that. And and the author in me is just sitting back, rubbing her hands, going, "Ooh, what I'm going to get." This right. Weekend. Take notes. Yeah, exactly. But Take notes. Uh, And that and that brings us to. Uh, not only did you and I have at least part of our genesis in small towns, but we also write about small towns. Coincidence? I don't Who think so. I,
0: I don't think so. No, I, I don't think, think that it is um, either. <laughs> I think, p- I think part of what we do is write what we know, and part right. of what we do is write what we would like to have. Yes. You know right. what I mean? Amen. I, I think that's with everybody. I think yeah. That's with all writers, and yes. um, uh, I think that that you and I've kind of woven that together of yes. like, here's my experiences in a small town
1: and yeah. here's, here's, here's my what glorified, I wish had been. Right. Yes. Here's my glorified H- here's version of what it was. should be right. like
0: to live in a small town. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And
1: tell us about the small, tell us about one of your fictional small towns.
0: Well, well my fictional small town on um, Cedar Creek is actually based on a real town in Florida. Um, I had been living in Florida for a couple of years when I met my first husband. And he lived in this little tiny small town on the outskirts of Orlando. And I remember very vividly the first time I you know went home with him to that town, and there was like nothing there. <laughs> there was a McDonald's and a Burger King. so in that regard it was bigger than my town, but there was like you know the grocery store, the hardware store, a liquor store, which that we didn't have in my dry county. Oh. Um, and, and like the Burger King and McDonalds like there was just nothing. Right. There, you know. Was and there so a Family
1: Dollar though? You know that's that's the thing I've seen. Is no, not Florida. at that time. There was a K-Mart,
0: <laughs> and it was ah. a Super K. Oh, so that was yeah. It was a big deal. This is deal. A big time. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal, and um, and I. You know kind of set my stories there in that small town I've taken I've taken liberties with it like I, I I renamed it as a fictional place so that I could play with the geography and do what I needed to do and so I could create whatever businesses I needed to create and I could create whatever you know the the popular people in town or the powerful people in town could be whatever I wanted them to be and I wasn't beholden to that actual real town but um but yeah i created cedar creek and it's a very small town um it's a place where you have you know old family names that have been there forever who Mm -hmm. are the people who've kind of consistently been in power or or had money in that town and you've got a few new people have who have come in in one of my books they kind of talk about the fact that the orlando suburbs are moving further west and they're kind of scared of you know scared about losing that that small town feel that they have as because it tends to be in real life as in fiction that as we spread out from the big city to try to to get that quiet rural area we bring all of the city with us because we want shops and we want restaurants and we want you know new developments and all this other stuff and so i think we kind of tend to we make the city sprawl rather than escaping it but um but yeah so cedar creek um cedar creek is interesting in that there are two really big philanthropic organizations in <laughs> Cedar Creek um, there is a huge horse ranch which geographically should be located in Ocala but again I took some liberties and um, and kind of floated Cedar <laughs> Creek close enough to Ocala that my horse ranch could be there there's a movie star that that lives in Cedar Creek um, the you know the the sheriff in town is very well known and his family grew up there and his father has been in, in the political arena in that county and so so, yeah, there's a lot happening in Cedar Creek. Um, a lot of families that are interconnected. Mm-hmm. Yes. What about your small town? Tell um, me about <laughs> one of them.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I, I have a, I have a series that's actually called Love in a Small Town, which is um, set in um, a small town about 45 minutes west of Savannah, Georgia. And it's called Burton. And... Um, it came about because I had written about a small town in Florida. My uh, small town seemed to be my my thing. Um, now that I think about it, I had never really, you know, looked back and realized. But uh, I had set a series uh, in Crystal Cove, Florida. And the uh, in the first book, the daughter of Jude, the main character, was Megan. And then she, we knew that she was going to college in Savannah. And she needed her own book, and I thought, well, she's going to um, have to spend the summer. She was an art student, so she spent the summer uh, giving art lessons to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say underprivileged kids, but it's really just kids who didn't have access to the fine arts because of living in this small town, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, a- and she lived on a farm because uh, that was where they could afford to put her up, at the the farm where, where – uh, the family agreed to host her, um, and and that kind of opened up this whole now twelve book series on Burton, uh, and and I can now walk you through Burton. I mean, I could tell you where everything is. I have the right, map in my right. head. I know the pl- I know the people. Um, it's been a lot of fun to to create this because it's in a place that I don't have any emotional ties to. I mean, I love Savannah, but I I don't know of any small, I've never experienced a small town in Georgia, this is an entirely fictionalized in my head, um, and and so it's very cool for me to, to kind of make it as, as bucolic as I would like it to be, you know, the people all know each other, um, there's There's the farms outside and and how those people kind of relate to the people who live in the town and and how their what their history has been and so on and so forth. So that's been a lot of fun. And I've only briefly alluded to a small to, you know, maybe a the less um, idyllic parts of small town. Um, Right. There was a short story called My One and Always. And the main character has come back. Uh, Her mother. She had been adopted by by her aunt at a at a young age, um, and so grew up in Burton, um, but would never really felt like she belonged because she did not have the mother, the father, the family, whatever. She had a, a kind of wild and crazy, single aunt who was uh, ran a bakery and maybe was a little mystical and you know she was kind of the town. Everybody loved her, but she was kind of the town eccentric in a sense, and. And so she never felt like she belonged and now she's back in this small town and and she's able to see or more, maybe more willing to see the, the not so great parts of living in a small town, um, which was kind of a theme in that, uh, that set of books there. I, I tend to write these books in trilogies and that was something kind of not great had gone on for the character, for another character. And so it was. this was all interwoven, was that small towns have their appeal. They have one, there's wonderful reasons to live there. But um, there's also the idea that it's very difficult in a small town to break out of who you have always been. Yes. You are placed yes, in a because role. Because people remember. Yes.
0: People People remember remember. every decision you've made, they remember Mm -hmm. every relationship you've been in, they remember your mistakes, and if you become a different person, sometimes they do not accept
1: that. Yes, yes, exactly. In which, to to speak to your point of earlier, that is a... kind of a a family trait too that most families have the same thing so um so Burton has been a lot of fun to write Uh, I also have several books that are set in a small town in South Jersey or in a couple of small towns um and that has been fun too uh because that is something that I can I can speak to the the keeping score series the first three books are are uh, primarily set in the, the small town where they the kids grew up and um and then uh also the Perfect Dish series are set in those same small towns. So they're, you know, they're, they're not set at the same time, but the college is the same. Um, They're, they're, you know, going to the same places. And so in my head, this is very much Pittman and Woodbury and Glassboro, all the the towns that I, I grew up in. So um, that's been, that's been fun on a different way because I can, I was able to repaint some of the things, the characters in the the Keeping Score books were the kids who started kindergarten together and went all the way through high school. And so it's been kind of fun to write um, experiences that they might have. Um, and then also just uh, f- from the Perfect Dish ones these are just people who came in to go to college in the same small town and how they see it. So it's been fun. Um, and I'm really excited. I haven't announced this anywhere. We can build this as an exclusive announcement. There you go. Do you have exclusive trumpets exclusive do for our podcast listeners? That's right, do, do we have kind of a trumpet fanfare? Uh, Really? Is that the best we could do? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play the trumpet and band. I played the clarinet. Okay. Well, uh, me too. You know, I don't, did, did we know that? We both played the clarinet. I didn't <laughs> play it well. Let me just I didn't say. Either. Okay. I didn't either. Um, and I didn't play it long. No, me I, I neither. <laughs> so between the <laughs> two of us, I guess we're not going to be starting that. That's not no. going to be our second career. Um, no. But I am doing a small town serial um, that is, uh, tentatively titled, Lies and Secrets in a Small Town, and it's, it's based primarily on the town I grew up in, um, and just about everything in it is based in fact. I mean, names have been changed, situations have been changed, but my mother was really good. I, uh, you know, I would sit and be very quiet at, at family gatherings, and I would pick up different stories from the town, um, and so uh, this is all based on a crime that took place in 1961, and uh, all the cover-up that went on um, around it at the time, and now how it's all coming out, and how the secrets that were they thought safely buried back then are now going to uh, be uncovered. And once we find out who really did the did the deed, um, it's, so it's this going is like to a mystery. Lives. It's it yeah. like a well, it's going to be a romantic suspense, I guess, okay. is, is what I would title it. But it's a serial, okay. and um, yeah, so stay tuned for more details.
0: Most definitely. Yes. Um, one of the benefits, I think, and, and we've discussed this before in a previous podcast, but one of the benefits of, of small-town romance in fiction is that just like in a small town where you get to go back and visit everyone like I you get to do that with the characters here too that's
1: so cool and
0: um that's one of my favorite part of of reading series that have crossover characters and it's one of my favorite part of writing it is that you know uh Tristan is the deputy yeah. in Cedar Creek. And so if in any book, anyone needs a deputy, like obviously <laughs> he's not the only deputy, but he's the deputy that's gonna show up. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the restaurants are gonna be the same. The the stores are gonna be the same. The, you know, different people that you're gonna encounter, the doctor at the hospital or, uh, you know, those types of things so that, so that if you read that series, you know where you are right you know, you know exactly. where everybody's going for dinner you know who these people are and every now and then you get to see someone and they're like oh oh my gosh there's you know there's Dax I love Dax I'm so <laughs> happy to see Dax and so um I I love doing that I yes. love having those characters make appearances so that we can kind of get little updates on them and uh, I think that's one of the advantages of, of being in a small town is that you know it's very easy to to have people pop in uh, and have their lives be intertwined and connected yeah they
1: can intersect and the cool thing is that a lot of times you're seeing these characters through somebody else's eyes if you've told a story in first person or primarily through somebody's point of view and then one of those characters crosses into somebody else's story you might get how they uh, their their appearance their actions their personality through an entirely different set of eyes and right, that's right. fun that's a lot of fun to do that well I and agree. i think
0: too like sometimes you know I I know that there you talked about listening in on, on family conversations mm-hmm. and and I I did the same I don't know if we're both just nosy <laughs> <east-dropers> <laughs> well, or if it's a writer trait yeah. but um it's it's funny to me as an adult when I get a more complete picture of the story than yes. the little tidbits that I had as a child and I have this like uh, like a veil is listed like oh (laughs) and suddenly things make more sense you know because as a child you were getting little tidbits that you heard or things that people felt comfortable saying in front of you and so there's probably a whole nother aspect of the story that you weren't getting and um that now as an adult you know you're more privy to you find out who was actually doing what yeah and i and i think when you write in a small town like you can kind of do that too that like well from this character's point of view his grandfather was you know, the pillar of the community right. and was like his hero and his mentor and his idol. But, you know, to the guy across town who the grandfather was cheating with the wife or whatever, like, you right. know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's like a whole other story or a whole other angle. Um, and I think when, when you write in the same small town, you have the opportunity to kind of explore that, explore dis- different sides of a character or different aspects of a character that we may not get in one story from one character's point of view.
1: Do so you enjoy reading books set in small towns, too? I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this question. No, I do. Know, yeah, yeah, same I do. Yeah, same
0: here. Um, yeah. And it's funny, because even, like, you know, Outlander wasn't written in a small town, but but it was this core group of people, right. uh, you know, spread across all those novels. And once they got to, to North Carolina and were at Fraser's Ridge, like, it was kind of a small town community mm-hmm. there. And by the time I finished those books, like, I literally i missed them i yeah. missed the characters i felt like they were my family i f- you know i wanted to to visit with them longer i wanted to be with them longer and that's one of the things that i like i like reading books in a small town because then i feel like i'm part of that small town that i'm part exactly. of that of their group
1: yes uh, robin carr has a series called uh, virgin river and my oldest daughter and i started reading them years ago and and uh, you know as soon as a new one would come out and be oh and we'd jump on it and we would talk about them in front of other family members and they say. they'd who are you talking about? Oh, it's the people in Virgin River, don't <laughs> worry about <know>. right. it, <laughs> but for us, it was like, oh yeah, you know, they're just characters. going, hanging down, at, hanging out down at Jack's Bar, and this right. is what this right. happened here, and whatever, yeah, so, and I think it does, it gives us that sense of place, that sense of, um, belonging, belonging, it's, in a lot of ways, um, there's a lot of nostalgia attached to small towns, I've seen it since we moved down here, my kids have, very nostalgic memories of what it was like living in a town where they could ride their bikes anywhere, where they could walk downtown. You don't have, we we don't have that here where we live in Florida. So that's been, um, it's been interesting to, to kind of see their, their take on that. And, And then there's me in the background going, yeah, but you didn't have to put up with all the other stuff that was going on that you didn't know about. So, you know, there's a, there's a good side and a bad side to everything. So, there we have All it, right. love in a small town.
0: Well, we would love to hear from you. Did you grow up in a yep. small town? Did you grow up in a big city? Um, which do you prefer? And do you like reading about small towns? Do you like having those characters interact and crossover? Mm-hmm. Or is it really just not something that that interests you? Um, so let us hear from you. You can email us at anopendialogue1 at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on our Facebook page, An Open Dialogue. Or you can um, reach out to either one of us on social media. Definitely. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and we have our websites, violethow.com and todracandle.com. And we'd we love do. to hear from you. Okay. So if you would like to know more about my small town series, it is the Cedar Creek series, and it branches off into two sub-series, Cedar Creek Families and Cedar Creek Mysteries. You can find out about both of those on my website at VioletHall.com. And Tadra, where can they find out about your small town series?
1: TadraCandle.com. You can see the, the Love in a Small Town book. That's the the Burton ones. It's set in Georgia. Uh, Keeping Score and Perfect Dish are both in, set in New Jersey and they have their own pages on my website. Uh, Crystal Cove also, and if you're more of a paranormal person, the uh, King books are your small town favorites. So there you go. You have a, it's like a smorgasbord. You have your choice.
0: There you go. There's there a lot go. of things to choose from. There so. are choices. Right. Everything.
1: Have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye. Bye.